Did you know the average number of people who apply for any given job is 118? Only 20% of those applicants get interviewed because many companies use software to screen out applicants before anyone ever sees your resume. Simply uploading your resume won't get you a job. To get you hired, you need an advocate. Express Employment Professionals is the local resource to help you land a new job. Express has more than 18,000 jobs available weekly. And when you interview at Express, we'll check out your skills and connect you with available jobs. Express has jobs in manufacturing, accounting, customer service, sales, distribution, and information technology. Tired of applying online and never hearing back? Visit your locally owned Express office today to speak with professionals connected to the available jobs in your area. Express never charges a job seeker to find employment. Visit ExpressBros.com today to find the nearest location. Apply online at ExpressBros.com or visit an office near you today. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back. Brad Steiner with us. Brad, uh, police officers, I cannot think of a time where being a police officer, and we have many who listen to this program, it's got to be one of the toughest times to be an officer. Yes. And there is the more recent problem that has arisen where they are so worried about something turning into a lawsuit or a uh, severe reprimand or possibly losing their, their jobs that they hesitate to do what needs to be done when that involves the use of serious force. Now, there are private citizens who do the same thing. And my philosophy and the philosophy of what I teach and the techniques and the mind conditioning that we go through is that that is a problem you cannot think about when you're under attack. It can cost you your life. That's right. If you hesitate, if you hesitate for just a moment, you you could get killed. You can't do it. So although that is a problem and it's... Uh, it should concern everybody because it, it's not just for police. It's particularly for police because they very often have to use their firearms. That's true. Now, and, there, there's no question, though, Brad, police officers, and they will tell you, especially the good ones, that there are some officers out there who are excessive, correct? A small percentage, yes. But, you see, we're defining excessive in a very cavalier way. And I think in an unfair way, every time a police officer uses force now, he's suspect. Yes. And that's ridiculous. It makes their job harder. When they're out in the street and they get involved in a situation where violence is a part of what they have to do, they don't enjoy it. I don't think a police officer wakes up in the morning and says, I can't wait to go out and shoot somebody. No, no more than a private citizen. Normal people want to avoid violence. I always joke about the fact that what I teach is very severe. The techniques, the mindset, the tactics. I believe in saving human lives, innocent human lives, and you do what you have to do. But I joke about the fact that I would never accept someone as a student who didn't need to be taught these things. If anybody ever calls me, and occasionally it happens, and they've got an attitude, they just want to be a tough guy, they just want to be able to lay somebody out. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't teach that person. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't even want to interview them. I have nothing to do with people like that. And police departments try not to have anything to do with people like that, too. 
you know, many times when I'm, uh, you know, going home at night after the program, of course, I will see a police officer on the side of the road, lights on, stopped, uh, you know, talking to someone, stopped a car or something. And sometimes I always wonder, should I slow down to see if that officer needs any help? And that would probably freak him or her out, wouldn't it? Well, it depends. If he really needed help, he'd be grateful. But I think when you see an officer simply speaking with somebody, that's one of the typical encounters that police have with private citizens. And they come to no real consequence except perhaps a ticket or something of that sort. Um, I would certainly go to the aid of a police officer if I knew he was a police officer because I saw him in uniform. Mm Mm-hmm. Or if, and, and his car was there. Yeah, or if he was in plain clothes, but I knew he was an officer. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, uh, no, I wouldn't intervene, but I would certainly help a police officer. It was clear that he needed help. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yes, of course, because, uh, you know, anybody who's given a cop a hard time would certainly give a private citizen a hard time. The, uh, the enemy of the police is the enemy of the uh, citizen. The enemy of the citizen is the enemy of the police. Uh, violent people, troublemakers, are very commonly testy and aggressive with anybody they come into contact with. They're, they are in a minority, but it's a growing minority. And people tend to get violent over nothing. Or they, or, or they, they seem to believe that what you and I, and I'm sure most if not all of the listeners of Coast to Coast would agree, are very, very inconsequential, simple things trigger violence in people today. And what I teach my students, of course, is to be very mellow and to be quick to apologize, be quick to walk away, be quick to uh, assume responsibility. But if somebody raises a hand to you, be quick to lay them out. Don't let somebody put you in a wheelchair, in a hospital bed, or the morgue. Or the morgue. John Lott uh, comes on our program quite often, noted author, including a a book on more guns, less crime, staunch proponent in concealed weapons, and believes believes it brings down crime. My student, uh, Mark Bryans, in Prescott, Arizona, will be getting, uh, he'll have courses in combat shooting um, starting next next month, and... uh, Combat shooting with handguns is part of my system. I teach the handgun. I teach uh, the knife, walking stick. Uh, People learn to use improvised weapons. Uh, This is part of self-defense. And the the argument against guns is insane. Why Why don't you ban fire extinguishers? Don't they cause fires? Why don't you ban vehicles? Aren't they used as getaway cars? What, what kind of craziness is this? And isn't it true, Brad, that the criminal will more likely get a gun if, if they're banned and the good people can't get them? <laughs> I'll tell you from my own experience. Back in the early 70s, I was teaching New York City police officers, among other things, combat shooting. I could not get a permit to have a gun. Now, I used to go over to New Jersey... And I could shoot there. New Jersey gave me what they called at the time a firearms ID card. And I went over there and I shot. I mean, my record's clean. I had no problem. It's just that it was so expensive and so difficult. And uh, that's crazy. On the other hand, if you want to buy a gun and you, don't, you want to buy it through 
criminal sources. Oh, you can get any gun you want. Anything you want. If you got the money, you got the gun. Absolutely. Sometimes it's even cheaper than what it would be if you went to a gun store, because what a lot of people who do buy guns illegally, and I certainly recommend against that under any conditions, sometimes you're buying a gun that was used in a murder, <laughs> and you don't know it. That's right. Stay away from illegal. Oh my God! Wouldn't that be awful? Then, then you get you get stopped and arrested for a gun that checks out and is tied to a murder. And you could be charged. And you you could be charged for that murder. Yeah. And besides, what you're helping criminals, which is disgusting. You're funding their their damn activities, and and it's there should be much more outrage on the part of the people who are being victimized the most, the private citizens. They seem to be apathetic. What's going on, Brad, with street gangs and thugs these days? Well, they're flourishing. Growing? They're flourishing. Um, yeah, there are, there are neighborhoods in L.A. where the police don't go. Well, there are neighborhoods in St. Louis where the police don't okay. want to go. Well, what now, well, something's wrong here. This is not good. It's the criminals who should be afraid of the police. When I was a boy, and I'm sure when you were a boy, that's the way it was. You didn't fear the police at all if you were a normal guy, and uh, if you were if you were a bad guy, you knew they'd come down on you. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I used to teach in the South Bronx, which is kind of famous at that time. The Savage Skulls and the Nomads were the two gangs that dominated that neighborhood, and the majority of people living there were very nice people. They were just poor, or they didn't speak English, and uh, they were trying to build a life for themselves. But I remember. In that area where there was a lot of violence, cops would walk two at a time, and they had an attitude. You walk up to them, and they were ready to clobber you just in case. Just in case. And, well, nobody, and nobody complained about it because they were doing their job. They never hurt anybody if they didn't need to, and they never wanted to. But they had to be ready to, just like you have to be ready and everybody else does. Nobody wants violence, but when it hits you... You, what's your choice? Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.